Welcome to Boobs, Booze, and Other Stuff, where no topic is taboo. Booze is on deck, and I keep it real, real interesting. Hey, 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 welcome to Boobs, Booze, and Other Stuff. Hope everybody's doing well. This is going to be a little solo episode and a little bit different than uh, some of the previous ones. I'm not going to talk about the news or news topics. I'm going to try really hard not to. So that is a goal. All right, going to get a little up close and personal. I've had a lot of people ask, well, of course, a variety of questions, some of which I feel, some of which I do not. But people are interested, and I can understand this. You know, a lot of people don't know me. You're getting to know me a little bit by way of the podcasting, but ask about my upbringing, different things that have influenced me, people or other things, what drives me on the podcast. Some even want to know details about the recording, how I've gotten certain guests, etc. So I would like to tackle a lot of these, maybe in a little bit of a reverse order. Let's talk about the details of recording. Now, if you're looking now, you can see I'm in a waffle robe. The set is in my house. We'll come back to this point in just a second. But getting set up, it's about checking the camera. It's about checking the lighting, the sound, all these other things and making sure they're working right. And then, of course, hitting record is really key. But, you know, it's also kind of getting things in my house set up. I have a good bit of surveillance around my house. And so the ring system and the alarm system and the chimes. So I have to kind of silence all the chimes because Sometimes if I hear those fucking chimes go off, I get into like a different mode altogether. It's like fucking interloper, interloper, prepare to repel intruders. You know, I don't want to get in that mode during the podcast. So try to cut all that stuff and just kind of get in the quiet zone. And of course, I do always get a beverage. And somebody said, are you always drinking a real beverage? Yes, unless otherwise stated, there will be alcohol in the beverage. And yes, this is a vodka with the orange mango crystal ice, which I like, by the way. So yeah, pretty much always a beverage on deck, unless otherwise stated. So that is legit. If I'm doing a solo, I'm in my house. It is 101 degrees outside. So I've already been to the gym. I've done errands. I've done all kinds of stuff today. So now I'm just cozy, just enjoying this little moment with my listeners and the comfort of my own home. So with a guest, come on, it's a little more involved. Certainly, I wouldn't interview anybody in my bathrobe, so that's not going to happen. But hitting that record button, sorry, Brett Westgrove, is key, key, key. I made that mistake. So usually I do have a topic or news or a lot of stuff at hand. I do a tremendous amount of reading, and I do mean a tremendous amount of reading. I read every day, probably for no less than two hours, bare minimum, sometimes more. Just depends. Sometimes I can't sleep at night. I'll do a lot of reading. I love Town Hall, American Thinker. I like all sorts of online news. I try to do a lot of surfing to make sure the stories are not like just so slanted that you just can't even look at it. So I do a lot of reading. Getting guests on, that's like a whole different thing. Now, look, I've had the good fortune, just some people have kind of fallen into my lap from different things. But it's interesting. You just have to be patient, really. That's probably the number one thing I'd say, because I'm doing everything remotely. So it's trying to line up their schedule, my schedule, get everything. Well, there's a lot of moving parts. Let's say this. So let's say I have a certain level of technology in my house with the camera, with the sound, with whatever, and always trying to get this better, by the way. But you might be dealing with someone where... Heck, when I interviewed the young race car driver, he had a darn storm that took half of the thing out. We had to re-record the next day. 
But you never know. It can be broadband with, could be bad lighting, could be whatever, just trying to work just strictly from a phone, which can be a challenge at times, depending on which software you're using. So sometimes it's a little bit more challenging than others. Doing the solos, obviously a little bit easier. The pace is very comfortable, and I know the guest really well. Yeah, so I feel good about that. You get set up. It's not that difficult once you kind of learn what you're doing. And look, I have the world's best producer. Fadi keeps me straight, which is a full-time job, by the way. Yeah, so he's been really good. He's very hands-on with educational stuff, so always shooting me this, that, and the other, and helping me troubleshoot. And I mean, look, I have learned this. I was on my back patio and recording in my living room. And, you know, for the whole entire first year, this was only audio gig. You know, it's only been since season two that you have the video component as well. Now, understanding a lot of people don't even fool with video stuff. A lot of people are just strictly audio only podcast people. So you got to kind of play to both fields. But it's kind of cool just the way it's evolved and what I've learned about the business and about this industry. And being patient really can take time, not an overnight success the way this stuff works. So building a followership and really not being afraid. And maybe it's because I don't have sponsors. I don't really give a flying fuck, but not being afraid to push some envelopes and say what you want to say. Now this probably leads me to my next point is what really has driven me. I think what's 100% driven me is free speech, right? But now with the videos and whatnot and having guests on, I would have to say that my secondary driver is the platform for these other people to come on and share. I really am enjoying that. I mean, I've had John Stone, Ryan Bear, Brian Runstrom Jr., Brett Westgrove, sorry for not hitting the record, Brad Dawson, Brandon Hensinger, Justin Bergon, Tyshawn Williams, Ben Smith, hope to get Ben back on again, AJ Frazier, we're going to record this Friday. I'm excited about that. Kenzie is going to come on sometime in July. So, yeah, it's very cool. I mean, I've had a variety of different people on here, so it gives them a platform, and it's not always political. If you've noticed the majority of those names mentioned, a lot of times it's not political at all. Now, we've done some fun spoofing, Justin and I, but again, not all those people, not a political conversation at all. So it's kind of neat just to have a little bit of latitude to do, I go back to the title, boobs, booze, and other stuff. That other stuff is getting taken into play, I would say, a lot more these days. Interestingly enough, I can't say I always listen to podcasts. I always used to listen to stuff in my car, and I would listen to books on tape, certainly listen to some audio stuff, but I wasn't locked into one specific thing. But now I have been doing a lot of watching and listening to podcasts. Now, I'm not doing it for ideas. I'm not looking to ape anybody's style. I'm my own person. I'm not looking for that. I like certain people. I do like certain people, what they have to say. I love the guests some of these people get on. Right now, I've been kind of hooked on comedy, comedians, and some of their stuff. So interestingly enough, a couple of comedians that I really like came together on a podcast. Now, I don't know when it was actually published. I know I just got to watching it, so I'm not sure how long it's been out. So Theo Vaughn, I've been a fan of his for a long time. I wish I would have gotten to see him when he came to Columbus, Georgia, but unfortunately, I was in Houston at the time, so that didn't work out. But I met him last year in Nashville on my birthday. He was at Fido, and he was polite enough, spoke to me on my way out. He was actually even funny at that moment. He asked me what I was doing in town because I actually had my luggage on me. I was about to go to the Airbnb that I'd booked. And he's like, oh, what are you doing in town? I said, well, I'm here for my birthday. He's like, oh, when's your birthday? I said, well, it's actually today. 
And I said, I'm uh, sniffing 60. And he, I think he replied, well, I've sniffed a lot of things. I was like, okay, as you were, a good talk. Anyway, he was very nice. That's my point. And took a moment out to talk to me, which I thought was spectacularly polite. So, hey, I'd like to get him on the pod. Who knows, right? I think I might do a video clip and send it to him. I love some of these podcasts, but he had Bill Burr on. Now, I want to say that when he opened up the podcast, he immediately said, if I'm not mistaken, maybe his very first words were, I'm nervous. I think he said he was nervous. Now, I did look at some of the commentary and some people were just hating over bullshit. You know, look, these guys are both comedians. They're not pansy ass fuckers. Neither one of them. Neither one of them. And even Theo Vaughn, he actually did an interesting thing after the interview. He did like an eight or nine minute clip debriefing himself sort of maybe after this Bill Burr deal. And he maybe struck onto some things. But look, he was nervous. He's there with this guy that he holds in a high level of esteem for his profession, whatever. But it was a weird dynamic. For whatever reason, it was a weird dynamic. Honestly, I liked it. I was not hating on it. I know I left a positive comment on it. Maybe today earlier I left, finally broke down, left a comment. But it was actually really good. I mean, I felt like, fuck, you know, you got a couple of comedians. Don't be a pussy. I mean, I feel like Bill Burr kind of said something to that effect. But like, you're not always going to have the perfect matchup when you're interviewing somebody. Sometimes you're going to go out and kill it. Sometimes it's going to be a fucking miss, abject failure even. But the podcast was not that at all. So I would not describe it that way. But it's like they're just two very, very different styles trying to come together. So sometimes I think it's probably more challenging for the person who's doing the interviewing because you can let that person carry that fucker and run with it. Sometimes you have to carry it as the person who's doing the interviewing. So you never know how that's going to hit. And now, kind of starting with these interviews, I'm learning that myself. I'm learning sometimes I've missed the mark here and there. And then sometimes I've fucking full-blown carried some stuff myself. So you don't always know, but you have to be prepared to go either way, one way or the other. It's going to go north or south. And sometimes you don't know until you're all up in it. So I admire what Theo Vaughn did on there. And I admire the way Bill Burr fucking came in like Bill Burr. Fucking hot. It was neat to me to see this other aspect of Bill Burr. So I had not really seen that. I know Bill Burr talked about some bullshit interviews that he had. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be that person who does the bullshit interview. But hey, it might happen too. Maybe I'll try to get Bill Burr on here, man. At least, fuck, man. I know about the Mary Tyler Moore show, bitches. I could talk to you about that. Anyway, so maybe that leads me into this next bit. Who influences Don Burt's? The number one thing that's influenced my life as it is today, as it's really always been for any good thing that's ever happened in my life, is my very best friend in the whole entire universe. He has been my friend for decades, and he's 100% the number one influence in my life. He's an extremely cool guy. He's smart as hell. He's funny, fucking non-judgmental. They literally, I think, broke the mold on him. And he's not really just smart. That's so understated. He's fucking brilliant. I learn a lot from him. He's always, always challenging me in different ways. He makes me think all the time. And when you think about it, what really drives long-term friendships, right? Maybe they can make you think here and there, but he's made me think over all these decades. I bounce around an idea on him and he keeps me on track. And he does this thing, this cool thing where he makes me think about things and sometimes very differently maybe than I've thought about him. So that's kind of cool. A great trait for a long-term friendship. Great trait. Because sometimes I do have the attention span of a fucking hamster or a gerbil. 
He's very tolerant and patient and understanding and non-judgmental. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to have a friend like this who can be a positive influence on you in your life, man, I just feel blessed. Very, very blessed that he is a part of my life. Very blessed. Now, I have great friends. I do. Of course, you know, I have my best friend in Houston. That's a female friend. Got KP here in Columbus. I have a lot of good friends. I won't mention them all. Some They don't want to be linked to the right wing business. <laughs> so I won't put them out here. We do this out of respect. And I won't even mention him out of respect as well. Oh, boy. This does lead me into the next topic. Your family, man, they can influence you, okay? And typically, in many ways, I'm sure, your upbringing, like it or not, it's going to influence you one way or another. But times, man, they're so different, so different. When I was a kid, I guarantee you that you learned every single thing the hard way. In fact, crash and burn style, I would argue. There was no other way. Now, these kids today, fucking there's airbags on the ground for these bitches. It's always, always, always guaranteed to be the world's softest, fluffy, cozy landing. Yeah. Which breeds, I don't know, fucking pussies? Maybe that's what it breeds. My generation, we just didn't have a lot of that. Fucking school of hard knocks and lumps, man. That's what you got. My folks, gosh, they were mis-fucking-matched. Like, I don't even know. They divorced when I was 10 years old. I lived with my dad. He was street smart, Navy vet, strong personality, very pragmatic. Definitely, I took on some of his traits. He was a lot like Archie Bunker, though. Now, if you guys or kids are too young to know what Archie Bunker was like, he kind of had a funny misuse of the English language, and he was always poking fun, like at his Edith. He was married to Edith, and he was poking fun of her and her cooking. And that was kind of my dad with my mom. I mean, he was like, her cooking, oh, God, burnt, bland, or just plain bad. I mean, those were the top three styles of cooking. I think she can actually cook a few things today, but she was not a good cook. My dad was the cook. I never actually could figure out why they got married. Now, divorced families, I feel like you take away different stuff. I elected to do something that I don't feel like this new culture and generation does very well. I elected to take away the positive stuff from my upbringing. Not always easy to do. I mean, you could get mired down into the not-so-positive shit, all these other aspects you could. I've elected to let the bad stuff just go and focus on the fact that I'm here and I'm thriving. So I'm glad they were pro-lifers. Thank you. Yeah, I got to be this clump of cells that turned out a bit of okay, according to me. Yeah, so you decide how it goes. So here's the ones that brought me in. Cheers. Yeah, I feel like they did an okay job. We sometimes want to put things off on our families. I think you could, maybe, maybe not. I think the younger generation, they tend to blame a lot more. Maybe this goes back to all the soft landings and all this touchy-feely and can't hurt the self-esteem and blah, 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 blah. I really don't know how it's gotten that way. I just know that my upbringing was very, very different. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I bullshit you not. We used to get up in the morning and now, of course, during the week, you're in school, you come home from school, you're out until dinner time, then you're home. But on the weekends, we would get up at oh dark 30 and leave. And we wouldn't come home until, fuck, I mean, when it got dark, when it was time to eat, we would just go off in the woods. We'd go off shooting BB guns. We'd go off making bike ramps. Sometimes this will blow some people away. 
especially now with this culture where you can't even let your kids out of your fucking sight because of all the psycho motherfuckers we have rolling around there in the world. But we would go off into these sewers, these ginormous ones, these big ones. We would go off and we'd go back there with our flashlights exploring. And I'm sure it's probably shit we shouldn't have done. Our parents never knew anything about it. But uh, hey, I am here telling the story. So we did live to tell. But uh, yeah, I feel like we got after it different. And so there was no technology. You didn't have the cell phone, the iPad, all this TV shit. That was not what you did. You got out, you interacted, you socialized, you played, you did stuff, you learned things. I mean, I feel like kids were so much better equipped in so many ways, in thinking, in physical activity. You think about what it does to kids who are like three and four who are already hooked on somebody's cell phone or their iPad or fucking perched up on a seat watching TV the whole day. I mean, ugh. It's like you're going to miss out on so many things. You're going to miss out on cutting, pasting, drawing, coloring, doing all these things. Like, I don't even know if you can buy a coloring book anymore. I don't even know if those exist or if kids even would even bother with it. Because you can color on an iPad, but it's just like using your finger. So you don't actually develop any fine motor dexterity. Hey, that's a little glimpse on this solo that I mentioned that I would give you. I'm going to get back to enjoying this vodka drink. So, hey. You all, I hope everybody had a safe and happy fourth. And uh, all I have to say is cheers. Well, it's time for a refill. Join me for my next episode of Boobs, Booze, and Other Stuff, where I vow to keep it real and real interesting.